Welcome. Let's join best-selling author Fred Kuhn as he interviews our next guest expert. Hi, everybody. We have a very exciting topic today and an old friend as a guest who's been on twice here at the U.S. at work, and that is Professor Stephen Cates. He is with the Purdue School of Business and Information and Technology Online. He is an expert on many, many areas. He has worked professionally with Fortune 100 organizations in HR management and at corporate levels, including Miller Brewing, Wilson Art International, the Equity Group, and it goes on. Stephen? Welcome to the show once again. Thank you, Fred. I am excited about being with you again. Yeah, this is a great topic, and it's high times, marijuana in the workplace, and I wish it were that simple. It's a very confusing issue. It is a legal quagmire right now, so let's talk a little about that. We know that marijuana has medical properties. We know that, and I'll let you give the statistics here in terms of the number of states that have said yes, it plays a role in medicine. And so let's start with some of the facts. So could you give me some of the facts about where we are with medical marijuana? Certainly. Thank you. If we actually look back at the historical perspective of marijuana, we could actually go back and look at how the federal government saw this as a poison starting back in 1906. They came forward in the 1920s, prohibited the use of uh, marijuana, actually passed the Marijuana Tax Act in 1937, and this was not so much marijuana as it was the product hemp, uh, which has been around in the United States since its inception. If you take a look, one of the three major products that George Washington actually produced on Mount Vernon was hemp. My grandfather had it on his farm. Absolutely. Down by the creek. so, (laughs) So if we think about this whole idea of marijuana, the United States government since the turn of the 20th century has attempted to ensure that it would not be used legally by any of its citizens um, in the United States. If we look at where we are today, the federal government has not changed its position as it relates to the legal use of marijuana. The federal government still indicates that that is an illegal crime under the Food and Drug Act. However, we know that there are 33 states, including the District of Columbia, who have passed general statutes to protect its own citizens for the legal use of medical marijuana as it relates to their different ailments and illnesses. And this is where we now find ourselves in conflict, where those 33 states and the District of Columbia are attempting to fight the federal government over this use of legal medical marijuana, and 11 states have actually passed legal protections for recreational use of marijuana. But the federal government still says that that's no good, your laws are no good, it's the federal law that counts here, not the state's law. So we're back to the uh, Civil War uh, states' rights, right? Correct. Absolutely. You, uh, You said it perfectly. We have this issue that confuses companies, especially HR professionals who are attempting to determine 
what is not only the legal but the ethical and moral issue as it relates to how do we deal with requests for FMLA, Federal Medical and Leave Act, how do we deal with issues under the Americans with Disabilities Act for the legal use of medical marijuana if the federal government indicates that by allowing those individuals to receive those protections, that company and specifically that HR professional could literally be looking at criminal penalties and be prosecuted under the federal act. Well, let let me put that in very simple terms. I'm a big corporation. I have multiple state operations, manufacturing plants, technology, whatever, and I have an operation in Colorado, and I have an operation in Alabama. Not to pick on Alabama, any other state just came to my mind. So I am an HR person, and I hire a person in Colorado. I have to treat them differently than I treat my employee elsewhere who is in a state where that is not allowed. Because explain to me what I'm faced with as an HR person, Stephen. First of all, you could not then have a consistent process from employee to employee. That's the first issue. So I would say that a employee who believed that they were being treated differently might want to then turn around and file discrimination charges and claims against the company for discriminatory treatment. That's just what I was thinking. I wondered if that was the way it would go. Absolutely. And if I was an astute employment attorney, which I am, I would say that would be a great test case with that type of corporation where you are giving certain protections to some employees in Colorado where you're not providing those same protections for those employees in Alabama. And, and I, you and I were talking before the broadcast, Stephen Cates, about I'm a private citizen. I have a medical disability. I have a medical need that the high $10,000 pill drugs won't cure, but the, the marijuana does, and my doctor recognizes this, so he prescribes marijuana and whatever brand or component mixture I'm supposed to have, and my father dies in some state that doesn't have this protection, doesn't have this law, and I take my supply of medically prescribed right, correct amount in my car. I'm pulled over in this state, and the policeman decides to, for whatever reason, that I don't look right, I, whatever, the, you know, all the social issues today. But the idea is they inspect my car and they find my marijuana. What happens to me then, Stephen Cates? I think you're incarcerated, and I think what those individuals would fall back on is this is what the federal law requires, and so therefore all we are doing is upholding the federal law that we are mandated to uphold. It really is a bad issue, a bad problem for not only citizens, but corporations, because they're going to get suits. At some point, somebody's going to file these suits, a class action or something. I would totally agree. I think that you're going to see right now HR has no definitive path, direction, guidance as it relates to how do we protect our employees. How do we protect the company? I mean, I understand, but, you know, the employees wouldn't sue us if, in fact, we were protecting them. And so in this particular case, if you're protecting the employee, therefore, you probably are providing a valid defense 
for the organization. But if you have an operation in a non-legal state, how are you protecting the employee if it's not allowed in that state? You would not in that particular case, and that's where you get into this issue, in my opinion, of discriminatory practices that are inconsistent between one employee and the other employee. That's a real quandary, isn't it? Yes, sir, it is. Yesterday, as an example, is that the Harvard Medical School actually introduced a finding that indicated that medical marijuana might actually have a direct contribution to being able to lengthen the life and the survivability rates of people with pancreatic cancer. And up to this point, people had a 3% survivorship rate. And so to me, that was probably one of the most earth-shattering discoveries about this particular plant and what it could do to improve an individual's lifespan as well as their life expectancy. So this product does have some very valid medical support properties. And I think that the federal government needs to quit looking at laws and acts that they passed in 1930 and might want to look at what's good for American citizens in 2019, 2020. Amen, brother. (laughs) Amen. I just think this is such an important issue. What other thoughts do you have, Stephen Cates, about it? Interesting that when we actually, and I've done some research, I've got a publication coming out on this particular topic called, you know, High Times, um, you know, in organizations, but one of the things that's going to confuse us, Fred, is the use of this CBD oil. Right. And that is something you can buy at Walmart, you can buy at CVS, you can buy at Walgreens, and they are touting its medical properties. The problem is that if Fred uses CBD oil and is tested for marijuana where Fred works, Fred is going to show up as a positive user. Uh-huh. That presents a whole other set of issues in terms yes, of being does. fired. In fact, it's interesting that if we look at those individuals working for the federal government right now who are federally mandated to be tested, there is a 24% increase in positive test from those federal employees because, in some cases, it is, you know, District of Columbia protections for medical and uh, recreational use, but also the use of CBD oils is showing up positive in these tests. Folks, we're talking with Professor Stephen Cates of the Purdue uh, Business and Information Technology School online. Stephen, you and I were talking before the broadcast that this goes back to uh, Attorney General Jeff Sessions. Could you explain a little what you were meaning, what you were speaking about there? If we look at the under the Obama administration, there was a very across the board softening as it relates to incarcerations and sending out directives through the Attorney General's office to federal judges, state judges that. 
this whole issue of the use of marijuana is not the crime of the century, and so we started to seeing people not being penalized, not being incarcerated. Under the present administration, the original Attorney General Jeff Sessions took the position that reversed the Obama administration's directives on marijuana and indicated we once again had a war on drugs and that states would not be allowed to violate federal act as related to the passage of their general statutes and that every one of those state pieces of legislation that had been passed for protection were considered by the federal government to be illegal. And so we continue to have this war between the Justice Department and the Attorney General's offices in every one of the states, at least 33 plus the District of Columbia. coming, And it looks like that that number is going to continue to increase. So there's a strong possibility we have all 50 states plus the District of Columbia fighting the Justice Department over this issue. You know, I'm reminded of Bob Dylan's words, the times they are changing, maybe it should be the times they need to change. Exactly. You're absolutely right, Fred. And once again, these acts that were passed in 1920, 1906, 1920, 1930s, those do not represent our society in 2019, 2020, and the federal government needs to reflect the desires of the states and their citizenry as it relates to dealing with certain consumables, and this is certainly one of those that come under the Food and Drug Administration. You know, this is very reminiscent, uh, Stephen Cates, of the Prohibition era in which people who were very anti-liquor got in and, and, and passed these federal prohibition laws Correct. And, all and it was during the same America time. America changed because they got country. dry. They changed, and <laughs> they put a constitutional amendment in. Maybe that's what this is going to take. It possibly will. Either that, or what we could actually do is to go and Congress could rescind this act. And if they rescinded the act, there would be nothing on the book. So therefore, there would be nothing from the Attorney General's office that would be used to prosecute people in the United States. What would be the act they would have to rescind so people can look it up? I think the Federal Pure Food, Drug, and Cosmetics Act of 1938. And that is the act today that is used for federal sentences for the use of marijuana. Can they repeal just a portion of it? Can they, repeal, they have to repeal all of it? I would say they could repeal portions of it, but when we think about the things that are covered in that particular act, once again, none of those things are relevant to society in 2019-2020. I'm sure there's some group out there looking at this now, <laughs> trying, to, trying to settle through this. Folks, we have spent a very engaging 15-plus minutes with Professor Stephen Cates, a frequent guest on the U.S. at Work High Times, Marijuana in the Workplace, and the Conflicts it Creates for Corporations, States, and Individuals. Stephen, thank you so much for joining us today. It's always a pleasure talking to you, Fred, and I hope that the uh, folks that listen in on our podcast and enjoy what you and I have talked about. Thank you. I have enjoyed it very much. Thank you so much. Thank you for visiting with us. 
We welcome your comments and suggestions and look forward to having you join us soon at Workplace Strategies.